BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crypts of the Corn Podcast. I'm the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am the magnificent J. And together, we guide you through this Freudian world of corn. Oh, oh, and we have to turn a fan off. Professional podcasters. <laughs> All right, there we go. Now we're setting smooth. <laughs> All smooth sales ad. All right, professional podcasters. So what you just heard... In the beginning, it is called the bloop. It is a recording uh, from 1997 that didn't come out for some years after by Noah. We're getting to the history with it and everything. Uh, that was the 16 speed one. So sped up 16 times. Yeah. Uh, so the bloop comes from that. They do that with all kinds of stuff just to kind of get a generalization of the sound. Because, uh, like, we're going to talk about ice quakes later and stuff like that, which have never been proven to exist that's another explaining a myth with a mi- or a mystery with a mystery mm. it's like ball lightning well, that's like saying ball lightning that i do believe ball lightning exists but what is it that's another question like ice quakes could exist but it's yeah, a different story it's because of kaiju's digging underneath the ice shelf i know what those are and that sounds scary mm-hmm. <laughs> all right and another episode <clears throat> another episode oh, it's this episode kaiju's Yes. Okay, never mind. (laughs) I guess we'll get into it. The bloop. 
The bloop was an ultra-low frequency, high-amplitude underwater sound detected by the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, a.k.a. NOAA. NOAA, yep. Uh, not the first time we've talked about NOAA on this episode, or in this podcast. Um, in 1997. By 2012, early speculations that the sound originated from a marine animal was replaced by the NOAA's description of the sound being more consistent with noises generated by non-tectonic uh, cataclysms orienting from glacial movements mm. such as ice calving and other uh, other ice goings ons which have not been proven or documented ever mm, just speculation yeah or imagination yep so the sound source was roughly train or triangulated to uh 50 south 100 west coordinates uh, <laughs> where is that actually on a map it's like middle of nowhere pacific ocean lower pacific ocean. oh okay it's literally like there's nothing near it. No landmass, nothing? Nothing. It's Pis- literally is, uh, it's as far away from most land as you can be. Hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a really weird spot. Interesting, okay. Uh, whales, it's a big whale area for the, some of their southern populations. What, where they gather or travel or migrate or they something? They travel through there. Because okay. there's not a lot out there. Like, you got a lot of fish and stuff avoid it. Um, just a lot of our mid to upper water level fish avoid it because there's no structure. This area? Yeah. Okay. Just because it's just like a, it's a desert, desert. deep sea. Yes. It's a desert in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound was detected by, you know, the Pacific, the Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array, which they've detected all kinds of weird stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, they were actually the ones that caught that illegal sound device that the u.s government deployed that killed all the whales and dolphins oh no okay. accidentally recorded it oh okay and released it and that's why the government got caught so that's why when we talk about you know i don't think noah is a bad government organization because i don't i think they're left out of the loop most of the time yeah so they accidentally release things they should, probably shouldn't as far as the government's concerned well i have differing opinions mm-hmm. i think there's a it's a mixed bag noah but, okay, so, yeah, so it's primarily used to monitor ice noises, marine mammal populations, and migrations. This was literally, the big thing is uh, designed to monitor whales and their okay. movements by their sound. Okay. So, you know, like, uh, the other mysterious thing that's recorded is the loneliest whale in the world. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, we'll talk about that this episode. Okay. Because it may not be a whale. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's not the story I'm thinking of then. Oh, no, you're thinking of the right story. But I'm paying it in a different light. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so the standalone system designed and built by NOAA and the Pacific Marine Environmental Laboratories. Uh, basically, yeah, NOAA uses it. Uh, the U.S. Navy sound surveillance system uh, also is being in use at this time, uh, which has equipment originally designed to detect Soviet submarines. Oh, okay. So yeah. Good. Uh, so it's good World War II technology, mm-hmm. huh? So, yeah, we're going to play that sound one more time real quick. Yep. Once again, this is 16 times speed. We'll play the original slow one here in a bit. So it's that initial... But when we play the real-time one... It does not sound anything right. like that. Because that just sounds like someone blowing a bubble under the water. Mm-hmm. Or a big bubble. A big bubble. Mm-hmm. Big bubble. That's SpongeBob. You sound like Patrick. Oh, no, I'm saying the SpongeBob blew the big bubble. Oh, gotcha. So, 
Wow. Oh, that's outside. I was like, what the heck's happening in here? <laughs> uh, so, according to Noah's uh, description, the sound rose in frequency over one and a half minutes and was sufficient amplitude to be heard by multiple sensors. Uh, that doesn't sound very impressive, multiple sensors. Mm-hmm. These sensors are 3,000 miles apart, apart from each other, <laughs> and it was picked up by three of them. Okay, that's pretty significant then. Yeah. Uh, so blue whales can communicate over several hundred miles. Uh, some say they may be able to push up to like six or seven hundred miles. Dang, okay. Uh, that's not a lot in the ocean, though. It, right, it's not at all. Even though a blue whale is, as of right now, the biggest thing we've ever known to live on the planet, hmm. they still have a lot of trouble finding each other. That's why they're going. They're having a lot of trouble repopulating right now, because there's not many of them left, and they can't find each other. Mm, interesting. Okay. Uh, so long distance communication is very important for these giant deep sea animals. Mm-hmm. If that's what we're going with, the blue is Right, yeah. Um, I'm going to read you a quick thing about the ice quake uh, origin kind of theory. Uh, the, the NOAA events programs has attributed the sound to that of a large cryoism, is, uh, which is just a fancy word for ice quake. Yeah. Uh, numerous ice quakes share similar uh, spectrograms. So that colored picture, with that's a spectrogram. Okay. That's visualizing sound. the sound, yeah. Uh, with the bloop, as well as the amplitude necessary to be detected by the the disputed range of up to 5,000 kilometers. This is found during the tracking of iceberg, and it gives its designation, it has a big long name, Uh, near South Georgia Island in 2008, had a similar sound. This iceberg involving generating sounds uh, were most likely between the Barnesfield Straits in the Rose Sea, or possibly Cape Adderall, a well-known source of cryoisms. Yeah, so basically, they haven't heard one this loud or this big, but they are saying that it's very similar in the spectrograph. Okay. But, counterpoint, the original why they thought it was an organic animal in the beginning is because it's almost identical in the spectrogram as an organic animal. Gotcha, okay. So their point to point doesn't isn't making sense. Okay. Yes, it does. It could look like an ice quake. It better fits organic creature. The amplitude doesn't, which they're saying that for the ice uh, quakes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's just louder than anything they've heard. So it's just a bigger ice quake. It's the same thing, just louder mm-hmm. on a scale we've never seen. Is mm-hmm. their explanation? Uh, ice calving is just you know ice face shearings off. It's it, it's like a sonic boom, but yeah. Hmm. But how close? If this was in the middle of nowhere, what ice are they talking about? Like a floating glacier? That's so. This is the bay. It was heard out here. Yeah, I'm pointing at a map, everybody, that everybody at home can't see. Uh, the big bay in Antarctica, straight out from that. So mm-hmm. they're thinking that it's a big sheet of ice broke out, was floating in the ocean, and, and it's that... scraping the bottom. Oh, okay, that's what they're saying. It is mm-hmm. scraping the bottom, the like floor. a floating landmass. Gotcha. Okay, it got too shallow and just scooting along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or came ashore under, yeah. you know, kinda, yeah, in no sense. So, who first supposed the animal origin? I'm going to lean really hard into that here later, but we're just kind of given this is from Noah, like an individual person. You're asking me, yeah. Oh shoot, I don't know, Johan Man. Noah's Christopher Fox. Oh, nice simple name, Chris Fox. Was interviewed by David Woolman for an article in the New Scientist magazine. Uh, he did not believe its origins were man-made, such as a submarine or a bomb. They were really scared it was a bomb at first. Yeah, going off. Uh, because it would have been bigger than any bomb ever. 
Oh, dang, okay. And that would have been a good area to do it to because it was near nothing. So wait, you're telling me whatever this bloop noise was made a noise that's bigger than any bomb ever? Kind of. It's different. It's not at the frequency range it was carrying. Okay. So not louder. It's it's hard to explain amplitude and actual loudness. Okay. It's at a level and it had enough power to keep pushing the sound out. So kind of, yes. The bomb has a really loud, dramatic noise right on it, but doesn't carry super, super far like we're talking about. Oh, okay, gotcha. This is carrying thousands of miles. So it had more power, I guess, than a bomb. Which we see with organic animals, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Uh, Where was I? So, yeah, uh, Fox did not believe it was a man-made object such as a submarine or bomb, nor any familiar geological events such as volcanoes or earthquakes. Fox stated that the audio profile of the bloop resembles that of a living creature. The source of this uh, this mystery because it would be far more powerful than any calls made by any animal in Earth's history, as mm. far as we can tell. Uh, Woolman states that the article that he did with Fox initially speculated the bloop was ice, or was ice calving in Antarctica, but later came to believe that the sound was more likely that an animal origin. Oh, okay. So he's going with animal. Yeah, this original scientist, Fox, with uh, Noah, uh, he's the one that's kind of, there's like a small team, and he's the one that's kind of leaning into animal. Yeah. Fox's hunch that the, uh, that the sound nicknamed the bloop is the most likely came from some sort of animal because its signature is rapid in variation, high in frequency, and that's a similar other marine beast. Uh, there's one more crucial difference, however, though. In 1997, the bloop was detected by a sonar array, which I said, uh, you know, basically 6,000 miles apart. Uh, so, yeah, this means that it is far louder than any whale noise or any other animal noise for that matter. It is even remotely possible that some creature bigger than any whale is lurking in the ocean depths, or perhaps is it more likely that somewhere there's a more, somebody is much more efficient hmm. at making sound. Hmm, yeah. I have an example for that. Okay. The one of the loudest animals on the planet is a little bird. Okay, I believe it can get up to like 130 decibels or 140 what? decibels. You know the name of it? Uh, it's in Africa. I can't think of the name of it. Okay, uh, it's the siren bird. The siren bird. Oh, okay. It sounds like a like a like a tornado siren going off. It, it literally is piercing. And it's a tiny little bird. It's the same loudness or the same amplitude as a jet taking off. Oh my gosh! Okay, 100, like 130, 140 decibels. Oh, okay, that's efficient. Yeah, it's about as efficient as you get. Yeah. So, not the creature doesn't have to be big, huge to make a loud sound. Mm-hmm. It this is big, but it doesn't have to be what they were figuring. So, okay, but this bloop is confirmed. It has to be something big or what? Uh, it would it would be substantial, yes, but it doesn't have to follow the same ratios as whales. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it would need to be a certain size at least to produce something like this, just to have enough air. Okay. Gotcha. because uh, that bird is just really fast. It's deafening, but it's like, Oh, uh, okay. Because that's all the air it can hold. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so according to uh, Phil Howard's, Woolman's speculations amplified Fox's hunch, and he thought the use of the word likely opened the door for other subsequent speculations as to, mu- as to what such an effective noisemaker entity might be. Over the last decade... Uh, Basically, people have gone back and forth arguing whether it's ice or an animal. Mm, okay. What, yeah, what, this was recorded in 97, you said? Or was that the second? 97 is okay. when it was recorded. And it was a second bloop. Uh, 
do I have? I don't have that here. It was recorded like in 2002. Okay. Uh, it wasn't as loud, and people believe it was a smaller cousin or a smaller sibling. But it had the same like sound same signature. Sound. It was the same. It was either the same geological event or it was the same animal species it's making the same sound. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play the full length one now. Okay, so the one this that's one's going to be like three minutes at normal speed. Yeah. All right, here we go. So this is just ocean noise. There's this. The, that's the fast speed one. So we're going to get into the the normal speed. Yeah. So here's where it starts. So there's okay. there's two apexes. So there's a constant animal. If we're going animal, there's a constant noise, and then two high apexes. Yeah, I can't even recreate it, but it's very guttural, mm -hmm. and it sounds. The why they're saying this is more organic is of such rapid variations that up down really quick, mm -hmm. and then the big dramatic up down up mm -hmm. down up down down big dramatic. It is really similar. To a lot of whales and stuff like that. It's different. It's different in a lot of ways, but it really seems organic. What do you think when you heard that? I just think it sounds uh, scary, like creepy or scary. It sounds like the uh, sounds you'd play like if you're watching a movie and the guy's like scuba diving in an abandoned ship and it's just dark down there. That's the sound they'd be playing the whole time in the background. It's it, creepy it, out. It is weird. It is definitely weird. It's very, it almost doesn't sound like, it sounds almost robotic. Yeah, and I think that's part of the, the synthesizing, like that the actual them recording it. Mm. And once again, this is not you could not hear this real sound. Oh, okay, okay. So, so this is just this is only d picked up by equipment. Yeah. Okay. This is like whales, like talking in high frequencies. Okay. So that way you can travel through the water faster or mm -hmm. further. Okay. Uh, to me, with my limited knowledge on acoustics and whales and stuff like that, it sounds very organic. It sounds rapid. It sounds. This doesn't sound like ice, like ice scraping. Imagine ice scraping would be probably more consistent mm 
mm-hmm. and longer. Because mm-hmm. this is only two minutes. Okay. So it's not like it's the ice you're talking about scraping would be monstrous. And you would hear it for again I, or I, something. I'm saying I'm saying you probably hear it all day. Yeah, exactly. It's passing over a big rock like that. Mm-hmm. Like just the constant grinding. Yes. Uh, this is this this is a lot more. I wish we could show them somehow the, the spectrograph. Look up the bloop spectrograph and you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, just Google the bloop. Yeah, it'll come up. It's the big yellow and pink thing, dark purple. With two, I don't know, rectangle looking things standing yeah. up on end. And those are the big talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into what we think this thing's saying later. Saying? Yeah. Okay. As in, I've, I've really researched whale language a lot. I love humpbacks, for example. Uh, they have a really unique language. And you can kind of read what they're saying when mm. you look at them through spectrographs. Okay. Uh, they're very distinct. That's kind of interesting. But yeah. Uh, any comments so far? It just sounds strange and weird, like from a sci-fi movie. Yeah, let's take... Let's, let's, yeah. So if this was a creature... Yeah. What... It would be... Destroyed another paperclip, Jay. That was you this time. I know it was me. Okay. Uh... If this was an organic creature, it would be truly monstrous. I mean, big, big. What's uh, big, big? Probably four or five times at least the size of our biggest blue whales. So pushing probably two or three million pounds. What about length? That's a little harder to argue because length speculative. The only reason whales are so long, blue whales are so long is because they're long-distance swimmers. Okay. Oh, so okay. They're, they're designed in a way... To carry them the farthest with the least amount of distance. When you look at more more stubby whales like humpbacks and stuff like that, which still are very heavy, mm-hmm. but more wider, broader, they're more gliders. Well, yeah, if this was something just that sits in one spot, right? It'd be more rock shaped, so yeah. it wouldn't be very long. Gotcha. Okay. Let's say if it's it could be crustacean like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a whale. It could be a big sea cucumber. Yeah, and we'll take a second. Let's talk about your friend, the loneliest whale in the world. Okay. He's recorded by the same sound array in hmm. the 90s, I believe. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It's called, it's called the 40... It's either the, the... It's either called the 52 hertz whale or the 54 hertz whale. Okay. That's that's the volume it's speaking at. Whales can't hear it. Yeah, I thought that was the thing. Like Whales can't hear it. Yeah. Uh, so what they think happened is that it's an abandoned whale... Because it couldn't talk, to, it has a birth defect or something, mm-hmm. so it couldn't talk to its mom. It couldn't talk to other species. For a couple of years, it was constantly calling out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, just for anybody. But it wasn't following normal male whale migration paths. Mm. So they couldn't. They could never ID a species because that's what they were kind of watching. They're just like, well, if he goes here, this, you know, if he follows a path, we It'd can be, tell what species it is. Yes, exactly. He wasn't following anybody's path. He's moving willy nilly. Uh, and it was recorded, I think, once in the Atlantic. Oh, so we got around. It's not the same animal. Oh, okay. So, yes, no. Not the same individual. Okay, I understood what you meant. Yeah. Uh, so some people think that it may be a younger version of whatever the bloop is, a smaller individual. Because uh, it doesn't, it's it's odd. It's at a frequency that me and you can hear. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't travel very far. Other whales can't hear it, or they, it they doesn't make sense to them. Okay. It's like you hearing whale noises. You can kind of hear them, but it's 
like I'm talking about nature, not what we play mm-hmm. on, you know, on when you're phones. actually out in yeah. it, experiencing it. Yeah. It sounds funky. It sounds, it really kind of sounds robotic. Okay. Uh, because it doesn't, our brains can't process it. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's the loneliest whale. We've never seen it. Uh, Oh, it never did get. No, we don't know what it is. So they just picked up the sound recordings yeah, of its constantly calling. for like three years. Oh, see, I, I don't know why in my head I had it pictured. We tagged this one fish and, or mammal, and it was just swimming constantly. No, we don't know what it is. And it couldn't speak to people or other whales. No, we don't know what it is. We just kept hmm. hearing it. It okay. wouldn't shut up for three years. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then it finally got silent, and we don't know if it found what it was looking for. We don't know if it was. uh, We don't know anything about it. So let's say the bloop. So put a pin in 52 hurt whale. Okay. What if we say the bloop is organic? I know you have different thoughts somewhat on this. We'll get to the end, though. I have a a surprise for Jay. Jay doesn't know anything about the last couple pages of my script. Uh, What would... What... What would you imagine this as an animal? Just from hearing it. Um, hmm. I just picture, like I said, I don't know. I just picture something big sitting down there and just opening its mouth. I don't even think it was opening its mouth. Mm, okay. Whales don't talk by opening their mouths. Oh, uh, okay. It, but it, on the sped up version, I guess I'm going off the sped up version. It sounds like it's letting go a big bubble. Yeah, and that's that's the problem with the sped up version. Yeah, I know. That's what stinks because I keep getting that visual in my head. Yeah, uh, the normal one is like a big call yeah. or anger. I hear anger when it gets really loud. Oh, okay. Uh, either defensive or, or annoyed. territorial. Yeah, yeah. Or annoyed, and it just seems like it. I'm imagining like you're kind of imagining a giant thing on the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. This thing isn't actively swimming. Uh, this thing is humongous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say, I I'm I think it's bigger than the estimate of 3 million pounds. Uh, the ocean, so why whales top out? So why animals on land top out? It's just because of gravita- gravitational constraints. Okay. They, they get too big to even transport nutrients to their body. Okay. The water helps eliminate some of that. So they can get a lot bigger. They get a lot bigger. They're not worried about suffocating under their own weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're really bad at estimating that. So one example is sauropods, the big long neck dinosaurs. Yeah. In the, I want to say, mid to late 90s, they estimated the biggest ones ever were 65 tons, uh, and that was max. They couldn't get bigger. Mm-hmm. Then I believe it was Argentinosaurus, which is a big sauropod, and it was 70 tons. The problem was it was a juvenile male. Oh, wow. So we knew they got bigger. And then we found a couple that are 72 tons. 77 tons oh okay so they're getting bigger and bigger past the constraints of biological as as we find as, them. as we think the constraints of biology are gotcha okay the thing with whales is they don't live long enough to get that big to get bigger than they already do the biggest blue whale is half a million pounds which is big that's huge yeah it's massive and we've seen that with history and fossils of marine animals getting massive if they can live long enough the problem is why fish don't get massive Leothicthes is the biggest fish ever. Big giant filter feeder. It was basically a Jurassic whale. Okay. Before whales. Okay. Uh, but he topped out at 60, 70 feet because he's cartilaginic fish. That's why Megalodon's topped out at 60 to 70 feet. Mm. They can't get any bigger. Their skeletal system can't support can't, it. They don't okay. have a skeletal system. Their cartilage, you know, the cartilage system can't support it. Right. Bony fish don't get that big. They just have too many problems. Hmm. 
Uh, it's impractical. Yeah. So why reptiles? We have a, an ichthyosaur, which is the uh, kind of reptile dolphins from the Jurassic. Yeah. Yep. We had one that got comparable to whales. Uh, we think it was about eighty-five to ninety feet long, and it, we kind of think it may even had a big stretchable pouch like some modern whales do, like <laughs> baleen whales, like up underneath yeah. its mouth. Yeah, so it could do whole schools of fish. Man, imagine that swimming towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've always gotten, the ocean's always had massive things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if this thing is a part of a really old family group that lives a really long time? Like really, really long time? Mm-hmm. Like th- thousands of years long time? Possibly. Yeah. Uh, we have stuff like Greenland sharks. They yeah. live 700 years. I think. See, that's quite a long time. But they grow super slow. Yep. About a centimeter a year. Those are the things with little uh, fungus that grow in their eyes, right? Crabs. They're, those are crustaceans that grow. Yes. Ah, okay. They're little crustacean parasites that grow in their eyes. Yes, okay. Uh, so we have these, I guess, basically, to be that big, you would need to do several things. You would need extreme periods of dormancy. Mm-hmm. You would need extreme lifespans. In very low population, you would need very pliable DNA. You'd need DNA that was not as uh, susceptible to the, the lower population numbers. Okay. Like inbreeding side effects. Uh, some species do have that. Uh, it's rare, but it is. it does occur in nature where they can kind of get around the inbreeding factor. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it just because they're so simple? Uh, somewhat. Gotcha. Um, and we have species of crustacean that live extremely long times. Okay. We think, uh, well, first off, lobsters can live to be 150 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's just a lobster. What about those giant, uh, crabs? Snow crabs can, I believe, now don't hold me to this, I believe that, it's either snow crabs or king crabs can live to be like 200. Okay. Dang. One heck of a life. But what about, there's older stuff, like in the Permian expansion stuff like that. We have all these crazy half- crustacean half not things these are arthropod is the word i mean not crustacean hard-bodied animals versus not hard-bodied animals right when things are starting to split like those horseshoe crabs or whatever they're called they're a full arthropod they have a hard they don't have any bones oh okay but in the uh i'm trying to think of some of the names they had really hard names to say but like the when giant shrimp were the apex predators on the planet were these uh giant that's when the first jaws started man giant shrimp Mm -hmm. so what if it's something more you okay yeah i'm just thinking about giant shrimp i don't know why running the planet what if it's something more even like corals sea sponges corals are animals true uh they're colonial animals and they get massive and some corals live forty thousand years oh yeah there you go what if it's something that's semi-movable or not? Yeah. I don't know. It's Like a coral or starfish or something? Something, yeah. I would think it would be more have to... It'd have to have some kind of rigid body. Yeah. What if it's... So there's things called tetrapods. They're Tet- extinct. Okay. It was the things... Why we have four hands or why we have four limbs is because we came from quadrupods. Okay. Tetrapods were stuff like Dunculoculus, which were... They had basically a tail and two front limbs. Okay. So we'd had three limbs, not four. Gotcha. Okay. And they were starting to take over until the four-limbed animals outcompeted them. Mm, okay. Uh, so everything was kind of like moving like a kangaroo. But they were getting massive. I mean, they were getting really big. 
I'm leaning more towards though full some kind of just massive invertebrate. Whether it's arthropod, I don't know. But what if? Hear me out. Okay. The original bloop is so. I have to look when the fifty-two hertz whale is. Actually, I'll give you. Give me what now? Oh. Your phone back. Look up. Look up the the 50. loneliest whale and see what years it was recorded. Pretty please. Okay. And so, what if the bloop original call was a call for mating? Okay. And what if the loneliest whale was the male trying to find the female? Oh, okay. So we do have some species where the male is considerably smaller, and the females may be immobile. Oh, yeah. You see that all the time in nature. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. So what if in the, in the Antarctic is this massive female of the species? That just woke up or something? Yeah. It's time to feed, and it's time to breed. Mm-hmm. And the males are smaller, and they can travel around to get to separate, different females. Okay. So what's special about that spot in Antarctica is it has massive schools of fish and krill at certain times of the year. Massive. That's why the whales go there. Mm-hmm. So what if it's just waking up every, you know, even every year, every other year, doing a big, if it's something more like a sponge, it could do a big draw through filter feeding motion mm-hmm. and feed that way. Oh, so what if you're saying the noise could be a, a feeding? No, I'm I'm thinking it's talking. I'm th- literally okay. it's talking to another one of its kind. Okay, but I there could be separate noise. We're not looking for that. There's no, that wouldn't be that loud, as in to be heard. You know, thousands of miles apart. Mm-hmm. That other noise, I think, is to call another member of its species to it. Call it in, yeah. yeah. So before we get into conspiracy and stuff of this, yeah. What what's the when's the loneliest whale recorded? So it says uh it's um. Its call has been detected regularly in many locations since the late 1980s and appears to be the only individual emitting a whale call its frequency, at this frequency. So, yeah, it's been recorded in the 80s and the 90s then. Yep. Oh, it even says here, um, elsewhere at the same time, had been sporadically uh, found since 2010. Okay. So what are these other things? I don't think those are whales. Or these are are potential recordings of it. I think the original guy was the male looking for the female. The original bloop or 52 hertz? 52 hertz whale. Okay, so you think he's searching for the female and he's just calling and calling. Mm-hmm. And then she finally heard him. And woke up? And woke up and did her big call. The call of the arms, kind of. Because that was in 97, the bloop. Yeah. So she's like, come find me. Yeah. Because she would be so massive, she'd probably be mobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's that big. So... What do you think of that idea? I like the idea. I just can't. I'm I'm picturing it in my head because we talked about you know coral something huge structured not moving. It's hard to picture a whale sitting down there. I don't think it's a whale. I think it's I think it's probably some kind of invertebrate. So what do you think the thing swimming around could have been just another invertebrate? The smaller male invertebrate. Yeah. So comparable to the size of a whale. Okay. What if they're some so jellyfish? How they breed? Bring it always back to jellyfish. Mm-hmm. We don't have any jellyfish on record that have vocalizations. Okay. But they've been around for three billion years. Yes. So they've been around a hot minute. Pretty much they were one of the first multicellular life. Okay. How they reproduce is amazing. They, male and female do produce an egg and a sperm. Okay. They fuse and they create a zygote. The zygote is really similar to a little fish. 
swims down to the bottom, finds a nice rock. It bites onto the rock, and then it kind of melts into goo. The goo turns into a flower-like structure. And then out of the middle of the flower, another flower grows right on top, and another flower, and another flower, and another flower. So a stack of flowers off of one stem. Mm-hmm. The top flower becomes a jellyfish. That's kicks crazy. Off. It does that. The next flower underneath it becomes a jellyfish, kicks off. Oh, so each flower becomes one. The jellyfish. Okay. Yeah, and then there's the immortal jellyfish, which melts itself down and does the process. Oh, okay. So we don't know how old the immortal jellyfish is. We think we have a couple individuals in captivity that are around forty to 50,000 years old. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, they don't die. Right. When they get old and they start having cellular degradation, they hit the reset button. Yeah. Huh. So it's like you going back to baby, like right, you're, yeah. you're 100 years old, right be, before you kick the bucket. That's a cool superpower. They're immortal. Lobsters yeah. are immortal. As far as we know, lobsters do not die of old age. They just keep going until... They, predation, disease. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. They do not die of oh. old age. As far as we know, we've never found an lobster close on the edge of death of old age. You'd almost need someone's like family pet to be a lobster and pass through generations. generations. Yeah. Great grandpa's, So I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at with the jellyfish stuff in other or deep sea organisms is the deep sea has been the cradle of life mm-hmm. since day one. Mm-hmm. If anything like this was going to exist on this planet, that's where it'd come from. Down there, yes. Anything strange or weird or it's unbelievable. It's the most unchanged environment since day one. It's pretty much avoided every cataclysm on the surface. Mm-hmm. Even if you believe the meteor theory for the dinosaurs, it wouldn't have changed much down there. Right, yeah. Like down there. That's, like yeah. way down yeah. there, yeah. In the Arctic Ocean, it's always been water. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the few areas that does. that's always kind of been water. And what if... So that's one thought I have. The other is it is just a massive kind of water bear leg thing. So it's huge. Mm-hmm. Multiple legged, like a big aquatic centipede almost. Oh, okay. And it is able to move. Yeah. So that gets into more conspiratorial sides we'll talk about in a bit. So what do you what are you thinking, I guess? This is a hard one for me. There's so many possibilities because of how, what the ocean is. Exactly. The ocean means mystery. It's the possibilities are endless when it comes to the ocean and organisms in it. Um but I don't know if I'm gonna tie the two together for a theory, you know, with the whale or the oh, call the fifty two. Leave the fifty two whale out of this. Just talk about the bloop. But the bloop in itself, if it's, I don't know, it just sounds so weird. It's I, I like I like your uh, thought of it being slow moving, or something maybe that doesn't necessarily move. You know, by the it moves so slow you can't even notice it, like mm-hmm. a mountain moving. It could be something like that. But what I can't, it's hard to picture in my head what that could even be. We have several family groups on this planet that have completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. And by several, so here's the thing. Here's a statistic I don't know if I've ever shared with you. Okay. If you take all living species on the earth today, mm-hmm. and all species we know exist from the fossil record mm-hmm. forever, everything we've ever found from the tiny single cell to, you know, the blue whale. Yeah. That is 1% of 1% of all species that have existed on the planet. Hmm. From what we found and what is living today? Yeah. So like 99.9 is extinct. Un- yes. Oh, no, no, not extinct. Or undiscovered. Undiscovered. Okay. That's why, like... The thing with the missing link for humans always bugged me so much because it doesn't matter. Most of the fossil record is missing for everything. Everything, yeah, exactly. We find 
puzzles that are, you know, maybe 400, 500 million years apart from each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, see the cans. Jellyfish disappeared from the fossil record for a while. Yeah. And now look. They didn't go anywhere. They just stopped fossilizing. They just, you know, they just weren't in the right conditions forever. Or we haven't found them. Oh, okay. So just because an animal's not in the fossil record for a long period of time doesn't actually mean it went away when we think it went away. Right, exactly. If it did go away at all. Because you can't know unless you were there. Right. And none of us were there. So I just, I think it's massive. So, yeah. You want to get into conspiracy stuff? Well, I mean, I I think it probably could be a, a door opening for like subterranean UFOs or. Oh, you're going there. I was talking about why the government would cover up such a beast. Well, we didn't really we didn't really talk about that much. Let's yet. talk about that. Okay, so, so the government covered this up. Not the sound, but Antarctica. So this is right outside of Antarctic waters. Okay. Uh, underneath the biggest, or right in front of the biggest bay in Antarctica. Right. So, why don't you, you know a lot of the rules of Antarctica. Why don't you share some with us? What's that, weird? Um, there's peace treaty there from like all the countries in the world, or most of them. The Everyone base- except four. Yeah. I think. And those four countries are like, they have two chickens for their military. Two, yeah, two significant to matter, really, mm-hmm. I guess, in this, in this thing. But somehow all these countries came together and agreed on this one thing that no one can go there. It's protected land that no one can touch, which is weird. Um, what else is weird about Antarctica? Um, you can't go, and you can't go there. You can't travel there unless you go onto like a certain. There's three Antarctic bases that uh, you can yeah. travel to. Yeah, and then that's it. Um, I think the only people down there are like supposedly scientists and stuff, right? Doing testing all, that are all year. Yeah. So there is a tourism season. Mm-hmm. You can go to Antarctica if you want. It's heavily expensive. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's there's only everything's in cash when you get there. Mm-hmm. And there's like several ATMs in the camp. There is ATMs? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, because you run out of cash because everything costs so much money to get out there. Yeah. That like buying a gallon of milk is like $200. Oh, geez. Okay. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. So you, it's it's a rich people spot, just to say I went to Antarctica. Hmm. But the deep ice observation towers. Oh, okay. Remember that? Yeah, where the guy... Uh... So it's, it's like a tube drilled to a mile of ice for a little ball to sit and watch underneath the ice sheet in the ocean. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them. And the times are booked out for like six years. Dang, seven that's years. nuts. Uh, and they're pretty much somebody's in them constantly. Yeah. And there's a lot of... It seems like there's a lot of data that's just not come out yet. It may never come out. It may be a cover-up in the makings. Or it may just be... Scientists don't share data early mm-hmm. until they get their thoughts fully put to paper. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. So it may not be a cover-up. Or maybe the starts of the cover up, right? Uh, but nobody's saying anything about what they're seeing down there at all. Nothing's coming Nothing. out. Is there anything coming out that's like they're seeing anything strange or anything strange being seen or nothing? Not even normal animals are being reported. Okay, nothing. Interesting. Well, that's weird. And they cost a lot of money to put these things in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think so. We talked about uh, why would these countries ban these things? I think that there may be a population of kaiju-like animals. And I mean really big animals. So kaiju. Kaiju just means monster yes. in Japanese. Okay, so big monster. And, yeah. Like Godzilla. Yeah. Or Godzilla. Ka- yes, he's a kaiju. Okay. Uh, so kaiju-level monsters or animals. They're just animals. Monsters is what we put the name to them. Mm-hmm. But the level of destruction something like that could cause is incredible oh yeah if it came on the land 
Or even they would start disrupting shipping lanes, fishing lanes. Oh, yeah, okay. If they got mad and didn't want boats in the ocean anymore. There'd be no boats in the ocean. There'd be no boats in the ocean. Yeah. And if it's laying that low to the sea floor, we probably wouldn't see it on sonar. Oh, because it just blended. It'd look like the bottom. Yeah, it'd look like a big Sturgeon rock. do that when I use my fish finder out in big lakes in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Sturgeon just look like the bottom. So most of the time, I'll go over a hump, and then I'll go back over, and it's gone. Oh, nice. That's okay. how you know it was a sturgeon. Yeah. Because it's not there anymore. Um, I think they figured that out really fast in the 40s, that there were literally monsters under the ice sheets. Because hmm. if they're hibernating super long periods of time... You're going to go where you're not going to be bugged. You're going to go under safety, even though you're that big, you know. Right. You're going to seek shelter. Least, least amount of disturbances as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, you, you just want to be left alone mm-hmm. if you're that big and you're trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the last ice age ended, that's when all, so the last ice age would have been a great time for them. Super heavy fish stocks all over the world's oceans. Lots and lots of, tons and tons of more species of whales, hmm. big ocean animals they could be feeding on. See, and that's only if these creatures, whatever they are, are, can get up and move. Uh, Yeah, or they have tendrils to pull food down or whatever. Or that too, yeah. They could be upside down jellyfish for all we know. Oh. As they literally stick their tentacles up instead of hang them down. Now that would be scary. Um, So we knew that as a a species, waking these things up would be very bad, even if it's just because they're going to start eating our fish stock. Mm Mm-hmm. 54% 54% of the world's population's main protein source is fish from the sea. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. We're the only country that kind of falls away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the world's population heavily relies on that fish protein. Mm-hmm. So if we have to share with these things, we're not. it's not going to be good. Oh, no. Uh, these might be ecosystem enders. Yeah. There's a few of these species that have existed in time where they kind of move in, destroying. Uh, locusts are a good one. If you look at actual locusts mm-hmm. in Africa, mm-hmm. they're ecosystem enders. They just go through, eat everything. Everything. Yeah. Uh, they, they eat chickens and stuff too. They eat small chicks and and then they move on because they don't care. Right, like, yeah. So what are these things where we're on a cycle where they wake up and they eat everything and then they go back to sleep? Hmm. So that could be a cataclysm. Right. Basically wait and then make. So that's the only thing in my head. Well, not the only thing, but that's one of the big things in my head. I could see a bunch of countries coming together and be like, okay. This is bad for everybody. You know, if they wake up, if we disturb them, if we launch a nuke too close and they mm-hmm. wake up, that's bad for everybody involved. Uh, we don't know if we can kill them. You know, we don't know what we don't know how they, they react to stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of always been my thought that there's a population and the bloop may have been one yawning. Oh, OK. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that disturbing? And then, but yeah, it's scarier if they wake up. Well, yeah, yawning. Well, the slowly awakening giant. Mm-hmm. Man, like Jack and the Beanstalk when he, the giant wakes up and yawns. And what if the sea monsters of old, these actual, even Kraken, the three or four mile long tentacles, are young versions of, ones of, of these. these things? Whatever these things could be mm-hmm. or is, whatever made that noise is. Mm-hmm. I could, I mean, why not? But uh, that's why, like, when we talk about Operation uh, Deep Freeze, Operation High Jump, mm-hmm. that's why we kind of messed around really heavy in the 40s, and then we left it alone. Hmm. And now there's only observation towers down there. I guess we can definitely say this. The, with whatever activity was going on in Antarctica in the 30s, 40s, whenever, for all just to stop, something... It stopped on a dime. 
something's going on down there. And there's claims that we are fighting UFOs and stuff like that. So maybe that portal mm-hmm. door opening. I think it's organic. I really, I've looked at the sonographs. I think it's 100% organic. What if portal, I mean, portals can be organic, right? It could be. That's that's really out there thinking, but it's it could be. Just imagine something like opening in the Literally bottom of the ocean. Hole. In the bottom of the ocean. It's probably going to suck water like crazy, right? Or whatever, or shoot out whatever. Mm-hmm. This has a membrane. It may have a permeable membrane. Doesn't let stuff through. Mm, the portal itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you can push through it, but can't pull or it one work. way or the other. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, something just opens up like that. It could make a noise like that. Whatever. So, what? How much stock do you put in my ideas of this being a truly giant monster? Well, it fits in in the terms of there being like a treaty or a no off limits area for everyone to agree upon. It fits that, like, okay. Um, I don't know if that's... But I don't know if that would be enough for all these countries to come together and, like, be like, yeah, let's let's not disturb... Maybe, maybe it I, is. I can see, because especially, like, China and Japan and stuff like that. Yeah. They're, they're the ones that are mostly eating fish for food. Yes. Uh, well, wouldn't they be the ones that'd be like, let's go eat this thing? No, because they don't want it to eat their fish stock. Mm, okay. Because we don't know. We can kill them. Yeah, I probably can't. Let's say these things are living 60, 70,000 years, mm-hmm. which to me is still not unspeakable. We have sponges and stuff that live to be 40, 50,000 years old. Yeah. We have immortal jellyfish that are 40, 50,000 years old. So let's say these things are living 40, 50, 60, 70,000 years old. We don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. These things could have been alive, you know, since day one. Right, yeah. That humans walked. It just keeps growing. It, slowly, but surely. Uh, these may be the ecosystem enders of everything. Right, yeah. Every cataclysm, if you want to look at it like actual movie-wise... Could be just this. When these things wake up, they eat the planet. So now we got to make up stuff like uh, super volcanoes and asteroids and stuff. And the asteroid one has never really fully made sense to me. Yeah. And then they had to find the crater, and then they just said the crater is the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. Oh, for the dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the other side. I thought it was the Yucatan Peninsula. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? The one on the other side? Oh, yeah, but no. The Baja Peninsula? Baja, that's what it is. Yeah, no. It, they said it's the Gulf of Mexico was the crater. Well, that's a huge crater. It would have to be for it to do what they say it did. To wipe out? Well, everything on one side of the planet died Mm. that hour. Hmm. And everything else choked to death on diamond dust. Hmm. And that's still around the world, too. That layer of diamond dust. Mm -hmm. Like it's in the soil? We have it everywhere. Oh, okay. Diamonds are not rare. That's a lie that we are told there is one layer of soil though that's like really deep that looks like everything just got burnt or we'll toasted talk, or we'll talk about that that's a nuclear layer okay that's gotcha. that nuclear glass layer yeah that's not super deep that's super recent yeah, it, yeah exactly uh but i don't know what do you think of these organic monsters i'm trying to sell you plausible plausible just plausible huh i would say definitely plausible it's definitely not um what's the other word not confirmed plausible but what's the other one busted i, I keep thinking of like Mythbusters. oh it's confirmed plausible or busted yeah it's not it's not a busted thought like there's it it, it could hold up i don't know if i believe it 100 percent, but it it stands up right now are you ready for my surprise for you oh okay because i'm about to sell you fully i was trying to sell you fully without bringing out my ace card okay but i this is it yeah so you haven't sold me 100 percent yet but this is it okay all right so this is this is now. This is really recent. Let me see. Yeah, 2021. Okay. And happening still. This just happened another one last month. Another bloop? N- no. What oh. I'm about to tell you. Okay. Has been happening last year and this year. Okay. 
Norwegian authorities are really suspicious after another length of uh, surveillance cable gets cut and disappears. The only problem is this surveillance cable is four miles long. Okay. Um, we'll get to how heavy it is and what the damage is. But the Norwegians are blaming Russia for cutting their, their deep sea surveillance systems. Cables. Okay. Basically, they have them all throughout the ocean to monitor stuff. They can feel a whale. They know a whale's coming. They know it's up. So, Oslo operates a sophisticated network of underwater surveillance cables in the Norwegian seas, keeping a lookout for potential Russian subs as a part of the border, a NATO-led strategy aimed at hemming the Russian Navy into its home ports in an event of a conflict. So, they have this as a backup to say, like, hey, we know, we know at least that the Russians are leaving. Yes. Uh, they, it doesn't do anything besides that. Besides just censor that they're mm-hmm. there. So the Norwegian Institute of Marine Research has reported that 4.3 kilometer long uh, strategic, it's got this big long cable, has possibly been cut and maybe stolen. The strategic network characterizes the, infra, or the uh, infrastructure for research and surveillance of the ocean area, featuring platforms, yada, 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 yada. Uh, there was, where was it? Oh, so that, so this, this one was four and a uh, half miles long. The section it was stolen was 95 tons. Wow. Stolen. It's gone. Right. Exactly. The whole cable is 66 miles long. And this is the, like the fourth time it's happened. A so big chunk of it's been missing. A four mile long section's gone? Out of the 66 miles. It's basically nailed to the seafloor. Okay. One of the, uh, so... I'm trying to find it. I, I don't know the guy. I can't. I'm not going to try to say this guy's name. He's the head of this research program. They went down and investigated in the sub. Mm-hmm. They said it looked like it had been torn apart and removed by a great beast. Everything from they said it claimed they looked like it had bite marks on it, scratches in the sea floor. It didn't look like a sub. He was fully expecting they were going to follow the drag marks because mm-hmm. they assumed it, one sub couldn't pull it. Right. Two subs couldn't pull it. It would take almost the entire Russian fleet. To pull, pull this cable. To cut it and pull yeah. it. and okay. it took, I think it took like 10 cargo ships carrying this stuff to slowly lower it into the ocean. Jeez. Uh, so this is big. Yeah. This is not anything that's doable. Yeah. Uh, this is leading to so much conflict with Norwegian and Russia. Nor- Norway is claiming that Russia stole it. Russia's like, you know we can't. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's weird. That could also be a... Distraction, like on the grand stage of things. Nobody's talking about it. It mm. keeps getting buried. Okay, I had to look hard for this. Okay, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, where was I? So Moscow says that you know, they they talk about it a little bit. That Norway does NATO allies with Russia. Blah blah blah. It, but my thing is, the, literally, the one guy when he went down, the head of this program, he thought it was Russia one hundred percent until he went down there and then realized he thought it's, he thinks it's a monster. Yeah. And then they shut up about it. Yeah, wouldn't you? Once he said it was a monster, everybody stopped talking about it instantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, to carry a, to carry 95 tons, 95 tons, tons. at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Submarines can't carry anything. Like, they can't drag something. Boats can't drag something. Mm-hmm. A giant pontoon has trouble pulling a tube. <laughs> right. For, you know, logistics. They can carry weight on top. Yeah. They can't drag or, you know, carry weight on the bottom. Well, I feel like a submarine, it's already underwater. It's already got its buoyancy mm-hmm. set. If you add any 
it's a major weight anywhere. yeah it's it's just gonna pull it down with it you know unless it's got major thrust they just but, drag it so how he was trying to describe it it said it looked like i kind of got like it was a giant turtle almost scraping along the bottom bit through the cable and started dragging it away yeah so hmm. what do you think about that i have more for you but what do you think about that oh giant turtle living under the water just like something with big claws well wait um there's I think like ancient, I'm sure there is like Native American legends, right? Where oh, the big turtle turtles, yeah. with the whole like world on its back, yeah, the like, crater god, yeah. Now, what if this bloop is the giant turtle they've been re- referencing, or resembles a turtle, or yeah, something that resembles a hard shelled back, mm-hmm. but has all this like a whole colony of, I want to say trees, but like it could have a reef on its back, exactly, a whole reef on its back growing, and then it's it's just walking along the bottom, maybe not necessarily swimming up for air. But maybe no. from time to time it could come up. Giant crustacean-like thing that's carried because there's crustaceans that wear reefs and stuff on their back. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, for extra protection. Hmm. So why? So what do you think? Uh, what do you think about the cable aspect? Well, I think it's nuts. I don't think. Um, I don't think it was human machine like Russia. I don't think it was Russia or Norway or even any other country just sabotaging that. You know. For what reason? So, I agree. But, do you know what the world internet cable is? That runs underneath the Atlantic, that connects the continents? What What do you mean, what There's it is? There's a cable. Yeah, I know they all can, they run on, the internet runs through the cables on, on right. the bottom the of the ocean. the internet doesn't come through the sky like people think. Correct, yeah. It comes through the cables on the ground. Yep. So, England has had a long history of having problems with their internet. Okay. Because sharks keep eating the cables. Oh, because probably they have frequency it puts out they so this cable is like eight or ten foot diameter and sharks they'll sit there all day and just chew on it mm. and chew on it and chew on it, chew on it other places in the mediterranean have had extreme problems with crustaceans it drives them mad what on their cables the cables yeah so the cables have drove it puts off a frequency it drives some animals crazy in a way like a lot of mammals avoid them mm-hmm. uh it drives sharks mad and they try to eat it crabs crustaceans it drives them crazy like well they'll literally kill themselves trying to kill this thing oh, okay and so now you have one that's massive out in the norwegian sea right next to a deep sea trench mm-hmm. the mariana trench right not the mariana's up there oh uh, that's just, pacific yeah this is just a difference the trench there's okay. they're all over the world right but suppose maybe a home of one of these creatures and now you're putting basically a bullhorn Next right. to where this guy's trying to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And he keeps coming up, ripping a chunk out of it, dragging it back, because they can't find him. There's three of these giant chunks of cable missing. They cannot find. These are not hard to find. It, is there any uh, crustacean or thing like that feeds on metal? or? Well, there is an invertebrate that uses metal in its uh, armor. Uh, there's the iron-footed snail. Okay. Which uh, basically eats iron deposits and grows them like a metal skirt and on its shell oh that's cool so there are animals that do put metal into their into their bodies hmm interesting uh which the most time the deep sea vent animals interesting so i i have the thought that these are there happens to be one somewhere in norway because there's all kinds of historical giant monsters like the kraken oh yeah oh yeah on all the old maps are always and that's around there so now they put this bullhorn out which is relatively new Mm-hmm. And every time they get it operational, it makes it a couple of months, and then a giant chunk of it goes missing. Now, how 
I might have to. We might have to look in this more. But how like how many times has this happened? Three times in two years. So is this a new? And this is a new cable they're putting out. This system is new. Yes. Dang. And it's making whatever's down there really angry. Yeah. So why haven't they? Okay. It's. I wonder. I, I wonder how if they know what sections if it's a consistent spot that keeps getting torn up. No, actually, I think the, the two is on the one side, and then one is all the way on the other side. So like it's moving along the trench that runs parallel. So how? I don't know how expen. How, and how long is this? How many miles? Sixty-six kilometers, not miles. Sorry. Sixty-six kilometers. Okay. So fifty-ish miles. So if you had a camera every half kilometer, you're only looking at 100 cameras. That can't be as expensive as this cable. Why aren't they just setting those up down there with them? They're finally catching a glimpse be, of this. It may be too deep to run long-term camera traps. Mm. So they try to do that with stuff like Loch Ness. Uh-huh. And a lot of times the uh, the actual casing gives away because the pressure. This is too much. Because even our deep-sea subs can't stay down there very long because of the pressure. Yeah. They can only put up with it too so long. Aren't we technologically advanced enough? Greatest, you know. The deep ocean is the most inhospitable, dangerous place we will ever go as a species. Mm -hmm. Space is so much easier. Space is so much easier. It just pulls you apart. It doesn't crush you into a. It doesn't even try to pull you apart that hard. Really? Yeah. The negative pressure isn't that bad compared to all the positive pressure you're getting at the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. (laughs) Literally, like. So I'll tell you a quick story before we get back into this. There was, I think it might have been a, two NOAA scientists in a deep sea sub operator. It may not have been NOAA. It, I'm going to say it wasn't NOAA. Okay. Two scientists in a deep sea operator. They're trained when you're that depth. Anytime you hear something, you're probably dead. Okay. Because if a bolt comes out, one crack, and then the next second you're in heaven. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he was, it was two newer scientists and one long-term pilot. Yeah. And he's holding a metal screw in his hand where they can't see it. And they're at the bottom of the ocean. They're writing stuff down. And he drops the screw. So it makes the clink on the metal. Those two kids freeze and start sweating bullets. And he's staying quiet. Then he finally starts laughing. Because these two kids were 100 We're trained. They're going to die. Yeah. Like, this is it. You're going to die at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, because the screw just came loose mm-hmm. somewhere. What a mean joke. Mm-hmm. What a cruel, cruel joke. Well, are you going to yell at him? Right, yeah, yeah. But very funny. Yeah. He, you know he was waiting there the whole day oh, yeah, just no, to he, do this. He like, probably did it a hundred times. Exactly, yeah. But it's it's just crazy to me. I think they exist. I think, I don't know if they're upside down jellyfish. Yeah, that's just the thing. What is it? What is the thing? The bottom of the ocean has the weirdest life we've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. We literally have crabs down there that eat nothing but sulfur. Mm-hmm. Hot sulfur. Yeah, like boiling hot solver almost mm-hmm. yeah. where they take a step too much and they fall apart <laughs> Did i show you that video that crab on the thermal vent and you yep. take one more step and then you melted it's like when you punch it over demon yeah exactly like that turns to dust it's been a, it's been a couple episodes that you made that call joke. back yeah uh so we have these giant i think we i think we do have real krakens i don't think they're squids i think they are a semi-hard-bodied maybe jellyfish uh that are that can feed with some kind of tentacles that have these some kind of claws. I they may be a whole separate branch of life. Yeah, exactly. That we have no idea that exists because we're not looking for bones the size of houses. Right, exactly. Or armor plates. It could. We could have. I mean, there could be a whole coral reef of its bones that we exactly. Swam the by Great Barrier Reef could be a dead one. Yeah, you don't even know. Or one just st- stopped and died. Yeah, exactly. Or washed up or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and now all this stuff's growing on it. 
You don't know, especially if it's this big. But um, have I sold you on this existing? As it being an organic creature? Yeah. Yeah, I I think for sure, yeah. I don't I don't think it's any other explanation that's not that. I don't think it's ice quakes. I don't think it's anything extraterrestrial as far as the bleeps concerned. Yeah. I don't now they're saying there could be aliens in the ocean, sure. Mm. Uh that's a whole a whole different story. Yeah. What if we find a sub with a bite mark out or not a sub, a spaceship with a bite mark out of it? Oh, in the ocean? Yeah. yeah. Then it like, shows like, you. Let's, let's go hide in the ocean. The humans won't find us. Yeah, big bite and mark. And they park beside this living mountain. Yeah, exactly. I'll, um, That would be funny, actually, if you found that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you be more scared of at that point? Aliens or? or uh, the deep sea thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whatever ate the other one. Exactly. Um, My biggest question is, what is the thing making the noise? What what type of creature? I'm going to go one of the older phylums of life. Yeah. Uh, which you know, could be jellyfish. And we have a very limited... People, when I say the word jellyfish, have a very limited view of what it, that means. I just think of SpongeBob. Yeah. That classic floaty jellyfish with tentacles. There are thousands of species that are all different shapes, sizes, and textures. Like the cone jellies. Yeah. The one we have. Jelly balls, which are literally hard balls of jelly. Hmm. They don't look like anything. They look like big... Like, they look like a baseball almost, like a pink baseball. Okay. Oh, side note, when I was in uh, fishing up in Minnesota, there was this pine tree that had fallen into the water. And, uh, you know, I'd been there for a while. But what gathered around all the branches and stuff were these big sacks, looked like jelly, like balls, but they were huge. Some of them were like the size of basketballs. Freshwater sponges. That's what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Look like brains. Yeah. They look like eggs too. Yeah. Yeah, freshwater sponges. Okay. All right. Mystery solved. Working knowledge of the universe over here. I know. I should. I, could, I didn't have my phone. I couldn't take pictures. No, but. yeah. They're all over Indian Lake, too. Lake Erie has freshwater jellyfish in it. Oh, okay. I've seen two in my life. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. It could be a giant shrimp or something like an arthropod that's just so ancient. It could be a giant trilobite. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And they get really mad when you put the cables down there. Hmm. Oh, a trilobite I never thought of before. I could see that. Like I'm talking old classes of life. Like, and if it's that old, massive, mm-hmm. still living, they there's, just keep growing and growing and growing. Ancient nautilus that used to get monstrous. Mm-hmm. So that's the the shelled squid. Mm-hmm. So what if the shell? What if it drags its shell along the bottom and has its tentacles to feed? Yeah, like the shell's immobile. It has a you know, not immobile. It can't swim anymore. It's just but it so can crawl big along the bottom. Yeah just drag itself or maybe and maybe it just woke up from a slumber and uh tentacles are coming back out making the bloop noise who knows but i there's more examples of weird stuff like ships going missing Mm -hmm. the Bermuda triangle it could just have one of these on under it Ooh, that could be the big it yeah what if it's hmm okay now i'm thinking too because Bermuda triangle is weird you know with like the doesn't like the ship's radars and radars, the compasses and stuff. It does, have, it does have an electromagnetic like anomaly. anomalies. Like what if can creatures, especially old creatures, what if they have like quartz deposits that grow on them or, you know, things like that. Metal. Animal, so crustaceans, for example, when they molt and form their new shell, mm-hmm. they pull stuff out of the water around them, hmm. elements. Uh, so like that's what, when I did, when I used to work as, you know, doing the fishery stuff, there was crayfish that had selenium. And oh, wow. It's just skeletons. 
because that was what's in the water. So they're yeah. pulling it in to make their exoskeletons harder. Dang. So what if this is something that just over time kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger is pulling? It could be. And that could cause electromagnetic anomalies if they pull some kind of metal or it'd be more of a metal, not a quartz. For yeah. That. Uh, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, sure. And then it just got so big and too big to move. And like we said, the deep sea organism, it's the iron-skirted snail, not the iron-shelled snail. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. The iron-skirted snail literally pulls metals in, and there's several species of them that use several different metals depending on what vent they're on. Huh. The these, are, these are underwater? Yeah. Okay. They literally form a skirt on their soft body and metal on their shell. Yeah, that's so cool. If you, like seriously, 10,000 years from now when you find them, they're going to think that we made them. Yeah, little robot snails. They're just going to think it's artwork or something. Yeah. It's metal shelled. We would never think, unless we've seen it, that an organism would pull metal to use it for its 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 soft body. I would have never known that. So, what's you, there's stuff that has existed that you can't even imagine. Right. Like you said before, the some of the weirdest stuff that actually exists is weirder than the stuff we, that, than folklore that we can't even make up. Yeah. There's always, that's why cryptids don't normally shock me too bad. Yeah. Because I can think of 10 animals that are weirder than that. I just, I just watched this video about this bird that like, uh, oh gosh, it was like this really stinky bird that um, flies from another country, but it like, uh, oh, that's going to bother me. I'll think of it. I'll think of it on another episode. We'll come back to it. But it's this really strange, weird, stinky bird and it like, uh, it burps and stuff and it, and I don't know, I forget what it's called. Is it an albatross? It's not an albatross. They throw up. Uh, for predator defense, um, this they throw up acid to try to blind their predators. Oh, this one—it doesn't throw up; it just burps. It's like a burping bird or something, <laughs> but they stink really bad because their awesome. gut like ferments. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it was a cool little description. I'll find it and I'll show it to you between episodes or something. But it's weird. What it's, I'm getting at is weird stuffs out there. Though, yeah. All right, I think we've rambled enough. Okay. <laughs> Final thoughts on the bloop. I think it might be like a giant aqua. Okay, here's one more question. Do okay. sea turtles need air? Yes. Okay. Oh, so this thing would need air. unless it, I do like the sea turtle, like, snapping turtle-looking thing. It doesn't have to be a turtle to look like a turtle, though. True. You so, could have some kind of giant shelled organism from, I mean, from the Devonian period. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, when life first started getting big, you could have a group of organisms that broke off. Just made off it through. That are half hard, half soft trilobites. Mm-hmm. You could have, you know, shelled jellyfish. You could have all kinds of options that we don't know exist yet. Not because we don't, just because we don't know about them. Right, exactly. Uh, not because they're not f- factual or not biologically making sense. We just haven't mm-hmm. found them and studied them yet. A hard shelled animal, like a round hard shelled, would be perfect for this kind of being that size. Because then it has structure it can attach to mm-hmm. that's not being, that's not fully organic right like the, it's it, it can support itself like that's why uh chickens or not chickens that's why turtles have their lungs and stuff attached to their spines and their ribs mm. to take off pressure from them oh okay yeah i'm, I'm thinking some sort of turtle like creature something that builds up maybe b- stuff on its back and just grows big that way that's just crawling along the bottom and that could be another feeding mechanism is that it could have some kind of symbiotic relationship with the stuff growing on its back mm-hmm. where they're partially feeding it mm. as in for protection and moving itself into better nutritious waters for it. Ah. It's, it's, it's ecosystem. It's growing. Yeah. Cause I bet I'm, I'm saying it's something, I feel like it's something that's lying dormant for a long time growing this, whatever on its back. So it could be a reef 
a reef animal, like an animal that is a reef. Yeah. That picks up and moves every once in a while mm-hmm. to make sure its reef stays healthy. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. So and then it moves to better climates, better better spots. And then do you think the the bloop itself could be it doing a mating call? It could be a mating call. I, I always think of a yawn when I hear it. Or that too, yeah. I really do think something like a yawn of Yeah. Huh. So I think yeah, I'm I'm saying some sort of bottom dwelling crawling creature. Perfect. That's my I can, thing. I could I converted you. That's what I think. Okay. I'm there with you. What what kind of creature? I'm going to go branch we don't even know exists. All right. Hole. I like my shelled jellyfish theory. Or like the upside down jelly? Upside down jelly, shell jelly, something that we are having trouble imagining. It seems like it. <laughs> uh because it's it's that's the limitations of humans is that your imagination yeah we're trying to shove different animals together to make this thing in our head square pegs and round holes and it could just could be a completely different branch think about how different a lion is to a jellyfish and how different both of those are to a water bear right yeah and tell me none of those are aliens now imagine a a fourth that's nothing like those either of them still fits in the same tree right yeah alien it's it's just a, a an ancient biological order that didn't it got big, you know it could adapt to the times in different ways. It adapted to get big, and maybe that's where it, that order ended with that one. It's just still there. Well, they're still yeah. They have if they're living that long, they have much slower evolution. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, to almost none, probably. You know, as, as far as the scale we could see. Uh huh. Not yeah. Nothing in our lifetime. Living that deep in the ocean, they have the capabilities of surviving every mass extinction. Uh, mass extinction passes over the tough guys. Hey, yep. Turtles have made it through several. Crocodilians have made it through several. Uh, snakes have made it through a couple. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of lineages that have kind of weathered the time. And human beings made it through them all too. Yeah. We're still here. Exactly. All right. Anything else? Final thoughts or anything, anything else you want to say about the bloop? Um, informative. This has been informative. It's been a fun talk. I hope everybody at home enjoyed this. Yeah. I was I was itching a bit for this one. Kind of makes me want to explore the bloop a little bit more. There's not... I just might... We need another one. There's probably been a hundred of them, and they're just covering it up now. Oh, yeah. This is probably the only one we ever hear about. Let's be on bloop watch. Okay. All right. I've been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been the dynamic Jay. And together, we're Kids with the Corn Podcast. We'll, set you, we'll, we'll, we'll get you next week with some more crazy fun stuff smash crash push like button yep subscribe all that fun stuff all right bye you've been listening to cryptids of the corn be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.